It's the Mark Stein Show. Hey, welcome to our 50th show of a very weird year. Stand by, here come 50 shows in 50 minutes. Everybody was Kung Flu fighting. Those stats climbed fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. Chai comes of expert timing. There were funky Chinamen from funky Wuhan town. They were chopping bats up. They were chowing them down. It's an ancient Chinese dish, and everybody says delish. Chairman Z will book your flight. You'll be in Italy tonight, and everybody starts kung flu dying. Those jackums can't stop lying. Fake test kits they're supplying. The whole world they're Shanghaiing. There was funky Dr. Ted Truss from the funky WHO. He said, she is the big boss, I gotta blow. He made his bow and then he said, hey folks, there ain't no human spread. So go hug a Chinaman when you're out strolling in Milan. So everybody is Kung Flu spreading. It's at your sister's wedding. Prince Charles is bedding And Isis next beheading You're under house arrest Doc Fauci says it's best That you don't leave the nest He'll keep you all abreast when they stop Kung Flu fighting. Achoo, 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 achoo. Celebrity virus victim of the day, Clarence House has announced that the Prince of Wales has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, did the Prince get it from uh, Greta Thunberg, who's claiming to have it? Well, he meets a lot of people, and the people he meets meet a lot of people. I've danced with a man who's danced with a girl who's danced with a prince of Wales. And that's how it starts. Stuart Varney, my old chum on Fox Business, said this morning that if Prince Charles can get it, anyone can get it. Except, uh, curiously, uh, on the Chinese Politburo. Among the casualties of the Chinese virus is Playboy magazine, of all things. Playboy magazine, which has just shut down its print edition after two-thirds of a century. So Beijing has killed off the centerfold. No adolescent boy will ever again know that thrill of discovery when you're looking at a magazine, just like any other magazine, and then you suddenly get to the middle and you realise you have to tilt it 90 degrees, and the lower third drops down, and wow! A brilliant design innovation. Alas, 
Playboy says the coronavirus has disrupted its supply chain. No idea what that means. Uh, presumably every staple in the world is now made in China. Anyway, to mark the death of the centrefold, I thought I'd share some of my favourites over the years. Here's, here's one I've never really forgotten. Uh, October 1977. Oh, and uh, we can't leave out this one. How about uh, May 1968? Oh, and I, uh, uh, this is fabulous, this one. I always like February 1981. What's that? This feature doesn't really work on radio? It's your Monday Mohammed. What is the correct Islamic attitude to COVID-19? Muslims even now, we're in masks, right? They were scared before they went in their car. said, no, people are going to laugh at me if I wear their car outside, bother me. But now they're walking around with ugly blue masks on their face. Okay, got it. No one likes a face mask that clashes with a niqab. Thanks for that, Imam Qadar bin Mohammed of Syracuse, New York. Born in 1911... Hilda Churchill was seven years old when the Spanish flu began its sweep through her native England. It killed her little sister. But Hilda survived through the Great War and the Spanish flu and another war for another century. I just remember her fondly and, and, and warm. There don't be a day goes by, she won't be in my thoughts. She beat the Spanish flu but not the Chinese coronavirus, dead just a few days before what would have been her 109th birthday, Hilda Churchill, the oldest victim of COVID-19 in the United Kingdom and possibly the world. If you're used to vain attempts to give up booze or cream buns for Lent, this year is a little different. This Lent the church is giving up church for Lent. All over Christendom, public observances of Holy Week are being cancelled by the church's order, if not the state's. In New York, uh, Andrew Cuomo is threatening, uh, if I understand him correctly, to take away church permits if they go ahead uh, with services. That's a first in 808 years since uh, March 1208, when King John refused to accept Pope Innocent III's choice of Archbishop of Canterbury, Cardinal Langton, and forbade English clerics from uh, celebrating the sacrament. If people want to wear a mask, uh, that is okay. It protects others more than it protects you because it prevents you from breathing or, or, or speaking uh, moistly on them. Oh, what a terrible image. Uh, Justin Trudeau, speaking moistly. Looks like he'll need another 29 days in quarantine. Isn't speaking moistly the perfect summation of Justin's rhetorical style? As the peerless Canadian blogger Blazing Catfur put it, moistly he's an idiot. Beware of moistliness. In the words of a great Canadian song, sometimes when we speak, the moistliness will leak. And I have to close my eyes in high. It's Good Friday in a Christendom on lockdown where churches are, quote, non-essential and thus must stay closed. Police in Greenville, Mississippi, 
raided drive-through services at King James Bible Church and Temple Baptist Church and issued $500 tickets to every vehicular congregant in the parking lot. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, the social justice pontiff who heads the Church of Rome has the answer. Pope Francis says that the coronavirus is nature's response to our refusal to act on climate change. If so, congratulations, it's worked. Another couple of weeks and the developed world's carbon footprint will be close to statistically undetectable. On the other hand, the biggest polluter on the planet seems to be getting off scot-free. China, having successfully exported its gift to the world, to every corner on Earth, is now tightening up its borders to prevent what it calls the re-importation of the virus. I say it again, let's quarantine China and not your Auntie Mabel. Don't even think about leaving the house. How bad is all this house arrest? From Slate magazine, a lady called Ms. Reese Piper writes, quote, As I ran my hands through my roommate's chest hair, it hit me that I hadn't had sex with a man in three years. That was the length of time that had passed since I'd fallen in love with a new friend on a backpacking trip to Europe and subsequently realized I was more attracted to women. Even after that relationship fizzled, I started hanging out at lesbian bars, continued dating women, and even came out to mother. In my life, the chapter on heterosexual romance, I thought, was closed. But times are different now. Anything is possible in a pandemic. I held up my hands as he lifted my sweater over my head. Unquote. Can you believe this? This, this woman was a healthy, well-adjusted lesbian, and this wretched quarantine has driven the poor thing back onto the cheerless, desperate wasteland of heterosexuality. It's so nice to have a man around the house. April 17th, 2020. May, May 23rd, 2022. Who knows? Who cares? I once lived in a world where you couldn't discriminate on grounds of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, proclivities towards self-detonation, categories I'd never even heard of, like intersexual. And then one day, I woke up and found they divided us all into essential and non-essential. And I don't want to be put down because I'm non-essentially oriented. I'm begging you. Please release me. Let me go. To live inside just really sucks Release me and keep your lousy 1200 bucks 
I'm deemed non-essential, dear So I'm slumped face down in my beer Two months like this is living death so release me before I switch to meth. Sing it with me, you non-essential losers. Please release me, let me go. For I can't stand it anymore. Seems like forever And that was Biden With his nose down in my head Ladies and gentlemen, the presumptive Democrat nominee for president, Joe Biden. And are you vulnerable on this issue at all because of your son's business dealings in, in China? No, I don't believe so at all. My son's business dealings were not anything with everybody that he's talking about, not even remotely, number one. Nothing to do with me, number two. Got that? Let me repeat the former vice president's answer. Quote, my son's business dealings were not anything where everybody that he's talking about, not even remotely, number one. Unquote. And we've got six months to go till Election Day. As I said to Tucker months back, the Trump campaign was all candidate and no minders. And so we now have the precise opposite of that. The Biden campaign is all minders and no candidate. Good evening, all. It's your Brit Wanker Copper of the Day. From the land where everything is policed except crime. The neighbours report a man for sounding like he's got a number of people at his pad. So four, four coppers come round. The fact that the bleep machine is working at full throttle gives you a sense of how this guy is unloading on them. You're pathetic. Get out of here. You absolute disgrace. Have you got all else to do? You've put my door through. I hope you're going to. What are you going to do to that? Have you got your Oh, shut your mouth, you fing brain dead. Get out. Fing paid, what, 20 grand a year to be a fing bed? Get out. And my fing house. Get the fing out. What are you? Bye. Bye. He basically swore them into retreat. Four coppers back down the corridor and out because he decided to take a profane stand on Sir Edward Bleeping Coke's famous doctrine that an Englishman's bleeping home is his bleeping castle. British police, you beds. In Britain, the nightly prostrations before the National Health Service uh, seem to have become the equivalent of the Islamic call to prayer. Do you have to kneel in the direction of the Ministry of Health and stick your bottom in the air with a rectal thermometer poking out of it? 
Three quarters of a century ago, April 15, 1945, British troops liberated the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp in Lower Saxony. And among the prisoners they found there was Margit Buchholter, a 15-year-old Hungarian girl. 68 of her family were sent to the German camps. Margit was one of two to survive. You were put into a barrack where people died. The straw that you laid on was full of whatever came out of their bodies, vomit or discretion. And it didn't take 24 hours for your body to get covered with lice. Her first camp was Auschwitz, where, upon arrival, her parents were sent to the gas chambers. Margit thought quickly and lied about her age, claiming to be 18 and thus getting sent to a work camp. When she was then sent to Belsen, she developed pleurisy and pneumonia and was further injured in her final hours of captivity by explosives that the Germans, aware of the British approach, had set off in an attempt to destroy the evidence of what they'd done. She survived Auschwitz and Bergen-Belsen, but could not survive the Chinese coronavirus. Dead of COVID-19 one day before the 75th anniversary of her liberation from Belsen, Margit Feldman. To reiterate my big point on just how wrong we got the last third of a century, the Chamber of Commerce, right, assured us that giving China a big piece of the capitalist action, uh, really the biggest piece, uh, would make China more like us. Whereas, as I've said, instead, we're getting more like China. For example, free speech. Multinational corporations are now as scared of offending the Politburo as the most wretched Chinese peasant. Do you know the sportswear giant, Lululemon, or however you pronounce it? Its heart director, Trevor Fleming, came under fire for promoting a T-shirt called Bat Fried Rice, created by a Californian artist. The shirt shows a Chinese food takeout box, plus a pair of chopsticks with bat wings. Immediately, the hashtag Lululemon insults China began trending on Chinese social media sites, i.e., Sites controlled by the Politburo, so who cares what they think? Uh, but they were calling for a boycott of Lululemon. So Lululemon took immediate action. Quote, the individual involved is no longer an employee. His Instagram page has been vaporized. Even after thousands upon thousands of deaths and millions upon millions of businesses closed, our culture of free speech is so shriveled and China-craven that we cannot even be permitted to make crude jokes about eating bats, we're losing it. We're becoming China. My name is Shana Cruz, and I'm a single mother from Alabama. I lived paycheck to paycheck before the virus, but then I lost my job in March. I haven't received a stimulus payment or anything from unemployment. I'm behind on every bill, about to be evicted from my home, and I've had to rely on donations in order to feed my children. What advice do you have for me and others in my situation as I always say, I was one of the first to get Trump. Three weeks after he came down that escalator in June 2015, and when all the conservative ink hotshots were insisting his candidacy was a joke, all the Becks and Levins and the Bill Crystals. But the president did not give a good answer to this. He defaulted to familiar lines. He'd built the greatest economy in history. And then they, they, 
came to him and told him he had to shut it down. And he said he thought third quarter was going to be great. Ms. Cruz doesn't think in terms of third quarter. She has to get through this quarter, this week, this day. So when you're told that that's it, paycheck-wise, the bottom drops out pretty bloody quickly. The government promised her a $1,200 check in March. It's now May. There's no argument whatsoever for a nanny state that can't nanny. The correct answer is to demonstrate some human feeling for the ruination of this woman's life. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision. It is hereby ordered the judge and decree that defendant Shelley Luther, having been found in criminal contempt of this court, is hereby remanded to the custody of the sheriff of Dallas County as punishment for her violation of this court's order. Shelley Luther, who decided to go to jail rather than give a public recantation she does not believe in. What a country. What a country. They're releasing rapists and jailing hairstylists. May 2020, from my house arrest to yours. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, it's because you're in lockdown. When you got worry and you'd kill for a curry, but the restaurant's been locked down. You're sick of crappy music from celebrity fundraisers. Linger on the sidewalk and the cops get out their tasers. What's left to lose? G'day, Miriam. We've just learned that 92-year-old Faye Rendoth died yesterday. She's the 17th resident from Newmarch to die after contracting coronavirus. Faye's our granddaughter says she tested positive to coronavirus three weeks ago at Newmarch but didn't really show many symptoms. She says that the uh, lack of physical interaction was detrimental to her health. As Mrs Rendoth's family sees it, she had very mild symptoms and quickly recovered from the coronavirus. But the quarantine destroyed her will to live. Nan recovered from COVID-19, but she didn't recover from the isolation, said her granddaughter, Savannah Robinson. She survived the disease, but not the cure. When the lights go on again I think we could do a couple of things very quickly. First, uh, and this is aside from moving the medicines back and uh, and the Huawei stuff and all the rest. First, Western nations should give 100% tax credits to companies that come home. Uh, that sounds generous, but not really, given that one Chinese virus can send us back to the depression in a couple of weeks. However, I understand that many Western companies seriously doubt they can make those wares back home, so there should also be somewhat lower tax credits. I'm thinking around 80% uh, for those companies that move their factories from China to anywhere else, i.e. friendlier nations such as India.
This is the insanity of transferring manufacturing to China and endowing Beijing with the only economically viable form of communism. China is now the world's manufacturer, the world's loan shark, and the world's most infectious syphilitic. What a bargain we got from the Chamber of Commerce right. My grandfather, uh, throughout my entire life, had always told me about his twin brother, Samuel who had died during the Spanish flu pandemic. Knowing that you had a, tri a twin that you ultimately never got to know because of pandemic really affected him. He was completely with it at the end. So he, he knew what was going on and saw the irony in this. Dead of the Chinese coronavirus, a hundred years after his twin brother was killed by the Spanish flu, Philip Kahn. Both Philip and his brother uh, were pandemic bookends. His brother having passed from the Spanish flu and him regrettably having passed from COVID. He always had a, a motto that history will always repeat itself. And uh, he knew that there was a possibility of a pandemic again. The one silver lining is that my grandfather will finally have the opportunity to meet his twin brother after 100 years. A functioning society has to be able to prioritise. If you think... Pompeo's dog is the burning issue. If you think Kamala Harris's Senate resolution to condemn the phrase Kung Flu is the priority, uh, then in my usual expression, you're too stupid to survive. And frankly, you don't deserve to. Look at the average American news cycle and the amount of time wasted on complete garbage. Uh, either this thing is serious, this pandemic is serious, or it's not. But if it's serious, you don't talk about misgendering the Pennsylvania health director. While we're yakking about misgendering, Beijing stole the world out from under us. And getting it back is going to be extremely difficult. You're free as a roaring tide, so there's no need to In Australia, the dystopian future is coming in with the tide. Thousands of face masks have washed up on the New South Wales coast from the beaches at Sydney to Tuggera Lake, about 90 minutes north. What is it? The opening scene of Invasion of the Face Snatchers? There are as yet no stories of lone swimmers a little too far out being dragged down by the elasticated straps of a waterlogged mask around their toes. playing that music oh there's a public service reminder that face masks go over your jaws thanks very helpful uh, unlike the mayor in jaws the mayor in waverley has closed malabar beach because of fears that the face masks are contaminated with the coronavirus the masks are from china so that's pretty much a given A clutch of veterans from the Second World War to Iraq march round the green, followed by the town band and the Boy Scouts. The band plays anchors away, the caissons go rolling, my country tis of thee, God bless America. And in an alarming nod to modernity, for reasons I know not, Ray Stevens' song, Everything is Beautiful in Its Own Way. One of the town's selectmen gives a short speech, and then the fifth graders recite the Gettysburg Address and the Great War's great poetry. There's a brief prayer, 
and a three-gun salute exciting the dogs and babies. It's always the same, unchanging through all the years. Until this year. A lockdown Memorial Day isn't really Memorial Day at all. For a great nation, for the first time in a century and a half, cannot honour either its dead or its own best traditions. On this Decoration Day, I miss it terribly. I miss it all. Even gulp. Everything is beautiful in its own way. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. Minneapolis is burning, as are other American cities across the map in California, Arizona, Tennessee, Colorado, and even in the hitherto deserted canyons of Midtown Manhattan. A land of contrasts. It is illegal for an American citizen to drive to his business and open the store, but it is apparently permissible for other citizens to bust into that store and loot it while law enforcement stand around and watch. In the same land where the same coppers are dispatched to close down churches. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? Well, it's hard to tell. They switched off the exterior lights on the White House last night to make it less of a target, leaving just the red dots of the rooftop snipers. June is busting out all over in over 30 cities nationwide. On this day in 1812, President Madison asked the American Congress to declare war on the United Kingdom. You remember the War of 1812? President Trump does. As he said to Justin Trudeau, aren't you the guys who burned down the White House? Uh, no, actually, the guys burning down Washington, D.C. right now are his own citizens. The aerial shot of America's capital showed the city ablaze to north, south, east and west of the Washington Monument, poking forlornly above the flames and smoke. Fire. COVID-19. Remember that? Stay two metres apart, wear a mask, don't leave your home, no gatherings of more than six people, no more than two customers in a store at any one time. Well, forget all that, quote. White supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19, right? Dozens of the same American public health experts who were yakking about social distancing and self-quarantine until about 48 hours ago. So white supremacy contributes to COVID-19. Another week and it'll be the sole cause of COVID-19. Is there a vaccine for white supremacy? Can you develop herd immunity other than by rampaging up Fifth Avenue and destroying Prada and Alexander McQueen and all the other haute couture multinationals who've ostentatiously proclaimed their support for Black Lives Matter? Yeah, that's one of my favourite flagellation songs 
from the Fulani uh, on this first week end of June 2020, shaping up to be a long, hot summer. I play the old uh, flagellation uh, smash hit because uh, while a Westerner visiting Benin might think a flagellation ceremony a sign of a primitive society, a Fula villager visiting America might regard the nationwide self-flagellation as just as primitive and rather more psychologically unhealthy. Watching police chiefs take a knee before street mobs is more than disturbing. And like Kaepernick, these guys are kneeling before their masters. Ce soir, au pays des Incas, une expédition de l'équipe Marquette chez les Indiens du Pérou, avec Jean Raspaille... Jean Raspail was a courtly, civilised man, a genuine intellectual who won almost every girl in the French state can bestow. But the enduring clarity of Le Comte des Saints made him a controversial character, even though, as he always explained, his life's work was all of a piece. You said that I was an explorer. I passed 30 years à voyager dans des dans des civilisations et des des peuples petits en voie de disparition en terre de feu. You said I'm an explorer. I spent 30 years traveling among endangered peoples and civilizations, especially in Tierra del Fuego. I know very well what an endangered civilization is. I fought against it. A disappearing civilization has to defend itself before it disappears. From his introduction to the 1985 edition. For the West is empty, even if it has not yet become really aware of it. An extraordinarily inventive civilization, surely the only one capable of meeting the challenges of the third millennium. The West has no soul left at every level. Nations, races, cultures, as well as individuals, it is always the soul that wins the decisive battles. Dead a few weeks shy of his 95th birthday, a man who made a dark prophecy and lived to see its bleak accuracy, Jean Raspail. <laughs> the last man standing in the Western world. He may be a metrosexual globalist dinky boy as delicate as bone china, but unlike the groveling appeasers of the American right, he knows how to draw a line. Je vous le dis très clairement ce soir, mes chers compatriotes. La République n'effacera aucune trace ni aucun nom de son histoire. Elle n'oubliera aucune de ses œuvres. Elle ne déboulonnera pas de statue. For non-francophones, what does that mean? It means this. I want to make it very clear, my dear compatriots. The French Republic will not erase any trace or any name from its history. It will not forget any of its deeds or take down any of its statues. Monsieur Macron has such huge stones he could be his own statue. He grasps the stakes here. For a start, his wife is older than most statues. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I would love to hear an American president or a Canadian prime minister talk half as butch as that. It's Mark Stein's Statue of the Night. You put me high upon a pedestal So high that I could almost see 
we no longer need Hans Christian Hegg. He was born in Leobayern, Norway, near Oslo, just before Christmas, 1829, and when he was 10, his family moved to Muskego, Wisconsin. Hans, like most Scandinavians, found the idea of slavery utterly repulsive and became a leader of the Wide Awakes, the anti-slavery militia that disrupted the activities of the many slave catchers sent to capture fleeing slaves. When the Civil War began, he was made colonel of the 15th Wisconsin, the so-called Scandinavian Regiment. On September 19, 1863, Colonel Hegg was mortally wounded at the Battle of Chickamauga. A statue was put up on the approach to the state capital in Madison to honour a lifelong abolitionist who gave his life for his country. Last night, a depraved, grunting, know-nothing mob came for Colonel Hegg. They brought down the statue, decapitated it, and threw it in a lake. The march of the morons continues. Should the statue of Churchill be there or not, do you think? Well, I've heard uh, many arguments on both sides. Some say that he's a racist. Some say that he's a hero. I haven't personally met him. That's Ms Lorraine Jones on Sir Winston Churchill. Quote, I haven't personally met him. But I did have a pina colada with Neville Chamberlain and I once did the Macarena with Lord Halifax. I, George, knew my father, father knew Lloyd George. The Chinese Communist Party coronavirus is being renamed because it turns out it was named after uh, racists, as the Chinese Communist Party certainly is. Uh, so uh, we're now going to call it the Black Lives Matter Mostly Peaceful Coronavirus. Uh, it's back. Uh, or, as Dr. Fauci says, it never went away. And among the latest victims is Ilan Omar's dad. Uh, spare a thought for the Minnesota congresswoman. It's a tough break to lose your father and your father-in-law on the same day. Is that joke good enough to get me Twitter banned? I do hope so. Oh, Ma, she's making eyes at me. In my book, uh, The Undocumented Mark Stein, I cite Smith v. Brown, a court ruling by Lord Chief Justice Holt in 1702, that one may be a villain in England but not a slave. Mark Stein club member Owen Morgan thinks there are earlier judicial decisions than that, and there are. Cartwright's case. 1569, quote, resolved that England was too pure an air for slaves to breathe in. At the dawn of the Lordship of Ireland, in 1171, there was a slave-freeing decree. Uh, but these early judges were, in a sense, arguing from a position of what today would be called white supremacy. Africans own slaves, Arabs own slaves, the Asiatic people own slaves, the Inca people own slaves, and they were all perfectly cool with it because their air was not, quote, too pure, and that's just the way it was and had been throughout human history. When the Royal Navy determined in the 19th century to end slavery worldwide, that was the so-called white man's burden at its heaviest. They decided, in effect, to enforce English purity, uh, in the words of that 1569 decision, on the planet. Slavery as a global fact of life was ended by white men, white Europeans, Caucasians. 
We should be putting statues up to those guys. Oh, Canada, terre de nos Nova Scotia's Chronicle Herald, Newfoundland's Telegram and other Canadian newspapers have published front-page trigger warnings alerting readers that they may be triggered by pictures of the Canadian flag in their Canada Day supplements. Uh, the Canadian flags are a an annual tradition for these papers. You're supposed to cut them out and proudly stick them in your front window. But this is the first year they've acknowledged that obviously most Canadians would rather cut them out, uh, set them alight and dance around them in the street singing Death to the Maple Satan. Zippity-doo-doo, John Wayne Airport, Master Bedrooms, Dixie Beer, the Canadian flag. Maybe it would be quicker if Black Lives Matter just told us the three or four things we'll be able to keep. Independence Day weekend on a not-so-glorious 4th in a very strange year. On Memorial Day, the Hazars were muted by lockdown. Five weeks later, lockdown has eased, but there are thousands on the streets of American cities who reject the American idea, starting with the Declaration this day in 1776 and the Founding Fathers including George Washington. What American schoolhouse encourages children to dress up as Uncle Sam or Betsy Ross on this 4th of July? The men who signed the Declaration would perhaps be astonished at the condition of these United States as they approach their 250th birthday, or perhaps they would not be, for they well understood even at the time that societies, like man himself, have their natural rhythms of life, of vitality. The Mark Stein Show presents Hey Leader, strike down the brand. 1920, invented by Christian Nelson. After almost a century, it's down and out. Well, she's not Eskimo, baby, she's not Eskimo. On this day in 1922, the venerable ice cream treat Eskimo pie was first patented. An Iowa man, Christian Kent Nelson, came up with the idea after seeing a boy who couldn't decide whether to spend his money on ice cream or a chocolate bar. There's nothing like it, nothing like an Eskimo pie. It turns out there's quite a few things like an Eskimo pie. Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, cream of wheat, all of which are apparently purveyors of racism and bigotry. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream. I scream, you scream, we all scream about everything. But was anyone actually screaming about Eskimo pie? Or is it important to get out ahead of this before they torch the building? An Eskimo pie joins Columbus and Washington and Our Lady of Fatima as history's greatest monsters. July 14th, 2020. From my hill to die on to yours. Zippity doo da, zippity yay. My oh my, what's been cancelled today? Plenty of old stuff and all of the fun. Zippity doo da, zippity done, Mr. Black Lives on my rear end. It's the truth, 
I'm guilty Riddle with my white fragility Zippity-doo-dah Zippity-ay I got a feeling Today's my last day We have more courageous stands from the world's butchest sports. The Washington Redskins have dropped the Redskins part of the name in order to prioritise the fact that the bit that's left honours a slaveholder. It was a bit of mixed messaging before. Uh, the Atlanta Braves have said they're going to be keeping the name, but they're reviewing the fans' use of the tomahawk chop which involves moving the forearm up and down with an open palm in mimicry of a tomahawk, uh, thereby implying that the uh, redskin likes scalping the white man, as opposed to inducing him to pay big bucks to hear Tony Danza at Foxwoods. Uh, so in Atlanta, the tomahawk chop may be for the chop. So it's no surprise to see the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue has its first transgender model. Seems like a... Seems like a nice girl. It's uh, it's not altogether clear whether the lady in question has gone all the way, if you know what I mean. Uh, but that's fair enough, because let's face it, nobody else in American sports, from the owners to the fans, seems to have a set of cojones. Zippity-doo-da, zippity-ay, my own. I let the boys out to play Sports Illustrated Oh how your eyes pop And just like Atlanta They don't need the chop Mr. Redskin on my t-shirt It's the cutest logo But suddenly it's heap big no-go Zippity-doo-dah I'm starting to rave I'm down in my man cave where men go to cave. Ah, let me hear that war chant. Suck on those tomahawks, you losers. Steve Bing was a wannabe screenwriter. He wrote uh, Kangaroo Jack, if you recall such a thing. Uh, but as a wannabe screenwriter, his writing was mostly appreciated by Hollywood when it was on a large check with at least six zeros on the end. He inherited 600 million bucks from his grandfather when he was a teenager, and he used it to fund films like the animated feature Polar Express and to fund Democrat politicians like the ubiquitous Clintons. To the public... He was best known as the sometimes squeeze of Miss Elizabeth Hurley. On Tuesday morning, Hurley, who shares 18-year-old son Damien with Bing, took to social media to share a few snaps with her ex. She captioned the post, quote, I'm saddened beyond belief that Steve is no longer with us. He threw himself out of the window of his 27th floor apartment in Century City because he was severely depressed by the, quote, lack of human contact during quarantine. Wealthy beyond the dreams of almost anyone, friend of movie stars and presidents, but dead from the lockdown blues at the age of 55, Steve Bing. Lockdown and looting, lockdown and looting. All people so fearful because they intuit that in some sense our societies are dying. 
and young people so brazen because they reckon our societies are already dead and they've moved on. I read the following headline in Teen Vogue. Uh, Black Power Naps is addressing systemic racism in sleep. Quote, Fanny Sosa and Navil da Costa uh, were tired, but it wasn't just any old fatigue. Yes, they experienced a lack of sleep, but they were specifically experiencing a generational fatigue familiar to black people and people of color. From this sleeplessness, the two created black power naps. It came from understanding that the American dream is a sleepless one, Sosa said. We inherited this exhaustion. But it's also a recognition of the hundreds of years of sleep deprivation that black people and people of color have experienced as a result of systemic racism, unquote. Hello, my name is Neville da Costa, formerly known as Niva Costa. I am transgender, gender non-conforming, first-generation, Afro-Dominican-American, born to my HIV-positive and teenage mother, Jesenia Costa. Okay, I give up. That's the gold medal in the intersectional decathlon. That's Caitlyn Jenner at the Montreal Olympics. That's your breakfast of champions right there. I'm not going to mess with that. Are you? I'm trans woman, hear me roar. I am a woman! That's for sure. I am strong. Strong! I am invincible. Invincible! I am a woman, you need to In related news, the principal railway station in Edinburgh. Scotland's capital, Waverley Station, has removed a large advertising billboard with the words I heart JK Rowling because it is, quote, likely to cause offence. What are the bookies offering and how long till every copy of Harry Potter is pulped? The news cycle is almost too stupid at the moment. The late George Floyd or George Michael, as the New York Times accidentally called him the other day. Seriously. A uh, quote from the Times. This is America's newspaper of record. And by record, they mean careless whisper. Uh, because of an editing error, an earlier version of this article misidentified the given name of a man killed by the Minneapolis police this year. He was George Floyd, not Michael. Wake me up before you print print. Wake me up before you go, go. Church of England, whose more with it vicars are already apologising for all the Jesus-so-white statues. By contrast, three days from today, the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul will, at Sultan Erdogan's command, host its first Friday prayers in almost a century. It was built between 532 and 537 Anno Domini as the great patriarchal cathedral of Constantinople. After the fall of the city to Islam, Mehmed the Conqueror made it a mosque. When the Allies occupied Constantinople in 1918, they considered confiscating the building and returning it to the Orthodox Church, but ultimately decided against that. A verse from the journal The Christian East 
written in Easter 1921. With thy cross thrice over blazoned on our banner o'er the earth, with thy cross at heart rejected as a thing of lesser worth, shall we dare to stand hereafter and bid others put their trust in a sign we hold so lightly that we leave it in the dust. Night after night, a lot of Christian iconography is getting left in the dust. On May the 6th on this show, May the 6th, I said I agreed with Brit Hume when Brit said that there were two viable narratives. China lied, people died. I agree with that. Or Trump lied, people died, which is the Democrat media line. That's still their line. Uh, I said pick a side because those are the only sides going, and I regret that that advice was not followed. I understand that people loathe Dr. Fauci, but Fauci lied, insufficient people died, is never going to work for Trump's base because Trump isn't on board with it. He says he's getting used to wearing a mask, and he's just cancelled the Jacksonville Convention on COVID grounds. You know, a nine-year-old girl in Putnam County, Florida, which is basically just outside Jacksonville, has just died of this thing. Thirteen nuns died of COVID at one convent outside Detroit. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only five dead Florida kids. And let's face it, these nuns were pretty old and useless. China's actions killed those nuns. China's actions killed that nine-year-old girl. How many Americans does China get to kill? Bitching about bloody Fauci is just the usual parochial chump change that makes politics such a waste of time. China lied. People died. You know, we could actually have an election on something consequential because our principal geostrategic enemy is killing Americans right now. If you want to put it in Trumpian terms, how about a commitment to take back the leadership of the global economy from China? Make America number one again. China man, China man, friendly neighborhood China man, spins a web round the globe. While you're calling J.K. Transphobe, look out, here comes the Chinaman. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got Wuhan infusion blood. Is he cruel? Ask a Uyghur. Global Muslim complaints are eager. They dig. Don't mess with the Chinaman. In the chill of night, in your best guarded labs, it's your copyright. But he's in, and he grabs. China man, China man, Hong Kong's gone up next Taiwan. Can he buy anyone? Let's ask Mr. Joe Biden, son, too late. Turns out the guy you prayed for, already bought and paid for, he's just a China man. Okay, okay, that's, uh, that's enough of that. That'll do it for our 50th show. Here's to 50 more. Stay safe, stay free. Join us next time for another edition of The Mark Stein Show.
The Mark Stein Show is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. All rights reserved.